Welcome back to TRADOC Talks, the podcast for TRADOC Command Information. I'm joined once again by Colonel Chris Myring, the TRADOC Command Surgeon, and he's here with some updates on how to stay safe from the coronavirus. Colonel, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the chance to get to talk with everyone again. Uh, Today, what I really want to focus on is uh, some of the things that you've probably been seeing in the media with uh, social distancing, and then uh, share just a uh, couple of different updates on uh, some new developments you know, for the disease, uh, the COVID-19. Uh, so just to recap, you know, so COVID is thought to be spread mainly from person to person, and then so that's people who are in close contact with one another and about within a six-foot uh, distance, and it's uh, spread through respiratory droplets that you know, are produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. And then those droplets can land in the mouth, nose, or even the eyes of the people who are nearby or possibly inhaled into the lungs. Uh, also possible is somebody can get the disease by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching their own mouth or nose or possibly even the eyes. So just think, you know, if you go out shopping, as an example, and you grab a cart, you, know, you just have to assume that the virus would be on that handle. But uh, also remember, this is not thought to be the main way that the virus spreads, and it's mostly uh, through uh, infection with when somebody coughs or sneezes. So really, a social distancing means staying out of situations where there's an increased chance of person-to-person spread. And so avoiding large gatherings of people like sports events, concerts, festivals, etc. A lot of the things that you see that have been getting canceled, uh, like the NCAA, uh, NASCAR events, you know, all different sporting events, you know, across the world are being canceled or delayed. Uh, but that also means not going in, into restaurants, food courts, large shopping areas. And so just kind of think of other ways that you might be able to get some of the services that you need uh, to try to avoid those situations. So if you do need to get any of those things, you know, using a drive through for the restaurant, uh, doing grocery home delivery or curbside pickup services rather than actually going into the store or the restaurant itself. Other parts of uh, life, too, where this can affect you. So it means not attending church services uh, and then maybe attending the service virtually. If you have kids, you've probably seen that some of the schools have been canceled or uh, uh, kids are placed on uh, homeschooling. Uh, Maybe the child care, uh, youth centers are closing. Uh, that might mean that you may not be able to do play dates, you know, with uh, different families. You know, so as an example, if you have one set of kids with that play with your kids, that might be okay. If you have anybody where either you or that other family interacts with another large number of families, then you're spreading it amongst yourselves. So I know that you know having the daycares and the schools you know uh, canceled poses a big challenge where families, you know, where both parents work and, you know, maybe both of them are required to be at their jobs. So, you know, just really trying to think about different ways that you might be able to address that and, you know, possibly pairing with another family in another, in the similar situation and then sharing the daycare responsibilities where each parent takes off at least one day off through the week. In the workplace, you know, you'll see that it means using a liberal use of telework, using VTC instead of attending a meeting in person, maintaining your spacing, uh, that's something that we're actually doing here in the headquarters at Tradoc. You know, where uh, if we have any uh, meetings that need to be done, uh, we actually even within the building we you set up uh, VTC. You know, within uh, different rooms. You know, within the uh, within the facility, and anything that we have to do with any of the you know the HQDA, you know the high, the headquarters for the Department of Army too. Uh, instead of all of us congregating in one you know, conference room, we'll actually are spread out throughout the building too. So all of our attendees are, are, are throughout the facility as well. Other things, you know, in your individual workspace, uh, you may you know, do shift work, uh, maybe separating personnel into fully functional cells, you know, just for redundancy. 
limiting some non-mission essential personnel actually even coming to work. And uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, setting up the telework capabilities at your facility. If you do have some commonly used services, you know, making sure that you're wiping down those uh, pretty frequently. And if you are curious, too, the CDC does have some recommendations on cleaning the workplace uh, to, uh, so that way you know what it is that you need to do and the types of uh, cleaning materials that you should do. So with that, just to kind of just amplify it, the social distancing works. Uh, it only works, though, if everybody does their parts and, and follows the guidance, you know, that it's being given to you. So just a couple of different analogies. I mean, if you think about a tug of war um you know if everybody on the on the rope isn't doing their part too you know the whole team's going to fail um the other thing too and again you can probably tell that i have small kids you know but uh if you think about the disney pixar movie finding nemo uh, when all the fish are caught in the net the only way they're able to get free is that everybody swims together uh, if you need any historical reference, you know, for the historians that might be in the audience, if you look at the influenza pandemic in 1918, uh, look at the two differences in the cities of St. Louis and Philadelphia. So Philadelphia did not practice social distancing, and they continued with some large social gatherings within the city, and then they had huge numbers of people that died from the flu. St. Louis, on the other hand, the government there really implemented the social distancing, canceled events like you see what's happening right now in the United States, and they had minimal impact to their population. The reason why that's so important is uh, the impacts of a rush on a service. And so I, I won't take credit for this because I did see it on social media, but I think that really amplifies this in a, in a way that people can probably already visualize. So if you look at what happened in the grocery stores all around you, so people are grabbing up toilet paper, hand sanitizer, cleaning supplies, you name it, you know, all the different foods you know, you know, that you know, people might need you know, to kind of hold on to. To, you know, to be holed up in their, in their homes for a while. Now think of that and apply that to what is going to happen in our medical system, where you have a finite number of ICU beds, ventilators, medical staff, and so on. And if everybody's you know, doing a bum rush on the system and there's nothing else available to everybody else that's coming on that's later too, there's nothing available for those people to use. So what happened in the stores is what's going to happen into our hospitals. The only way that we can really help to keep that from happening is if we do our social distancing, limit the number of people and the, the, the rate of rise of number of cases that we have, limiting our contact with one another too, and that'll keep that system from getting flooded one large chunk, we'll be able to manage everything sufficiently. So remember too, you know, you might get reports about you know, the number of ventilators that we have in the United States. And you know, people think, oh, okay, I think it's about 70,000 in the U.S. But you also have to remember all of those medical services are needed for care for people, things that were going on before COVID came around. So heart disease, lung disease, people on dialysis, anything else that really put anybody into the ICU, that still is occurring right now, too. So it's really important that uh, we don't have this uh, mass rush on our systems. So, Colonel, you mentioned uh, the importance of social distancing. You made that abundantly clear, as well as the burden that can be placed on medical services if we don't adhere to that. So what advice do you have for people who need routine care like annual checkups or even elective surgeries? No, it's really important to know that. You know, so uh, right now, if you are feeling well and you are, this is the time of year when you would typically go in to get your annual visit, uh, maybe a mammogram, you know, maybe, you know, you get your, uh, you know, you're just routine screening. This might not be the time to do it. 
Yeah, so just you know, kind of consider postponing that for maybe one or two months until uh, this wave you know kind of passes us, and then and still address those things too. And you know, I, I don't want you to forget about it, you know, completely because it is extremely important that we get our routine care done. But right now, if you come in. Uh, you're potentially exposing yourself to others that might be sick. And, you know, the nurses, physicians, you know, everybody is really trying to, you know, focus attention on, you know, this particular illness and making sure that, you know, people who are coming in are staying well. Uh, and that uh, if, if we can hold off on that too, then, then don't come in, you know, for those particular visits. Uh, obviously, if you are sick, you know, the, again, you know, there are other things that, you know, go on besides just having the COVID. And so you do need to, you know, notify your, your medical office, you know, wherever it is that you seek care. But if for any of the routine type of things too, uh, say for calling in and getting uh, uh, medication refills, I'm pretty sure that your providers will be more than willing to do that, you know, through the telephone as opposed to having you physically come in for a visit, you know, right now. Sir, are there any new developments or any new information that's come out about COVID-19 recently that you'd like to share? Yes. Uh, so there are a couple things, too. I know that there's still been, uh, there's still, the researchers are still trying to come up with some ideas about this disease, too. And it, uh, you know, because, again, this is a novel virus. You know, there's uh, some you know, differences amongst it. There's uh, one, uh, one thing as far as for the treatment, you know, for the symptomatic treatment. You know, this is coming from France. Uh, now, this is just a report you know, from the uh, providers that are there, and uh, they, they've noted that people who are using steroids, it seems to worsen the COVID illness. Um, and they also postulated or think that it might be the same problem that happens with the medication class called NSAIDs. So that's a ibuprofen, uh, you know, like uh, naproxen, you know, uh, naproxen, you know, you know, those types of uh, medication. Now, just this is not a great study, and you know, really, this is only just an observation from all the clinicians that are there too. But if you have a fever and you have acetaminophen, um, you know, commonly uses the uh, trade name of uh, Tylenol, um, they didn't seem to have the same sort of worsening of symptoms with that particular medication. Again, this is not great case study. You know, this isn't fully supported, but it's one of the observations that they had at their location, and they put out that recommendation to everybody. Um, one other thing, too, is that for why is it that the older population seems to be affected by this more so than, than kids? Um, one of the thoughts is that it, uh, the COVID virus itself, I don't want to get too much into the science on this, too, but there's a, a, a receptor that's in your body called an ACE receptor, uh, and you know, that is more prevalent in adults and older, in older folks, and it's not very prevalent at all in kids. And it seems that that's where the COVID virus actually attaches on people is, you know, on these ACE receptors within your body too. And uh, so that might be why we see, you know, minimal symptoms. Now, that being said too, kids still do get sick with this. And there are some kids that, you know, have gotten pretty ill, but for the most part, the majority of them, you know, know, they'll typically have milder uh, to moderate symptoms as opposed to older adults who get really impacted, you know, by this disease like we saw before. Colonel, do you have any last words or any advice before we let you go? No, the, well, the biggest thing is just, uh, I can't emphasize the fact more about, you know, the following the guidance for, you know, for the social distancing. I mean, that this really you know, takes everybody's effort. Uh, you can't think that, oh, that doesn't really necessarily apply to me. 
this is uh, everybody's doing their part, and then you're going to see this be extremely successful. If we see people only minimally doing this, then uh, it's going to all of the cancellations that have been going on for all of these different events that'd be for nothing, and uh, we're going to have you know this huge wave that that hits us. So just please ask everybody to, just to follow that guidance on the social distancing, and we'll be able to get through this all together. Colonel Myring, I want to thank you for coming on and thank you for relaying this important information. Uh, and I'd like to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Trade Talks. Colonel Myring, thank you for being on. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it.